Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. NFC East fans. Tony Shields is with me today on this football Friday. And after watching the Colts and Broncos tone <laughs> and having to cover this game and write about it, oh, man, I, I, I'm not excited for football this week. It's just because of those two. And you know what's worse, Tony? It's Commanders and Bears next week. Okay, that's a game I'm definitely not going to watch. But, you know, last night's game, Denver Broncos, Indianapolis Colts, the battle of the battle of what is it? Equine science, the battle of the equestrians, the battle of <laughs> the battle of the equestrians. And uh, it, it was. I'm telling people and I'm a Russ guy. We already knew Matt Ryan was cooked. Is Russell Wilson in that Matt Ryan category now, Jeff? I have to ask you. We, we talked about this before and some people think it's a little bit blasphemous. But from what we're seeing, we're five games deep. Is this who he is at this point? You know, Tone, I have to say yes, and I'll just say this. There is a world where Russell Wilson was throwing the football to Allen Robinson in the Philadelphia Eagles uniform this year, and thank God it did not happen because Russell Wilson does not look good. He is coached by a man who should not be an NFL head coach in the Daniel Hackett. The guy has terrible play recognition he has terrible in-game scenario ability the daniel hack is not an nfl head coach the fact that it's fourth and one and you're trying to get five yards on the final play of the game when you have melvin gordon with 23 one yard rushing touchdowns in the league tells me all i need to know you didn't need five yards there you needed one you could have extended the game you could have kicked Good kick the field goal there, Tone. Could have extended the game. And yet, Wilson not only throws the football, he tests Stephon Gilmore. He goes to Cortland Sutton. Again, not, not terrible, but when you – I'm watching the play live. I'm like, K.J. Hamler, K.J. Hamler, open, open. He doesn't see him, Tone. He was open three times on that play. It's a frustrating thing to watch, man. It, it, it really is, and – I love Russell Wilson, too. I'm with you. I think Russell Wilson is a much better quarterback than this, but this is Donovan McNabb-level drop-off 
from Eagles to Washington. That's what Russell Wilson is right now. And you know what the worst part is, Tone? They paid him $249 million. And they also gave up a lot of draft capital and a lot of young talent to get him. And I'll be honest, it's looking like a dud. Now, look, I know where we may be jumping off a cliff, right? You know, I want I want to try to reel us in a little bit. I want to try. <laughs> maybe there's a maybe there's a startup cost, right? You know, shout out to John McMullen. That's what you know, that's something he says all the time. Maybe there's a startup cost. Maybe they're going through the kinks or the maturation process of this new look team. Maybe Russell Wilson is getting acclimated to the Denver elevation. <laughs> maybe. I, I, it's, it's really hard to make excuses for him. And I really want Russell. Let's let's be honest. Okay, let, let's 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 call a spade a spade. The Denver Broncos are probably the biggest disappointment of the season thus far. They were hyped up all offseason. They were they were hyped up to be the team to challenge the Kansas City Chiefs. And you know, same thing with the Raiders. They were hyped up that they were going to challenge, you know, the Chargers and the Chiefs. Like it's like the AFC West, outside of the Chiefs, are pretty much a disappointment. Nothing's changed. It's it's Kansas City Chiefs are bust. You know, the Chargers, I know they're dealing with injuries. I get that. The Raiders, they have a terrible head coach in uh, McDaniel. And then same thing with the Denver Broncos. This is like this is this is a bad look on John Elway. This is a bad look on all parties involved when it came to bringing Russell Wilson in. And you, you, you made a good point. The Philadelphia Eagles could have had, or I'm glad they didn't, but they could have had Russell Wilson and Allen Robinson, two guys that look like they're shelling themselves right now. Yeah, Russell Wilson said no. He just didn't want to come here. The Eagles well, were interested. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> New York Giants are probably thinking the same thing. Like, thank God we didn't get this guy. You know, Washington Commanders, thank God we didn't get this guy. You know, it, it, like I said, I, I'm a Russell Wilson guy, too. I think he's a little bizarre, but it, 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 I, I'll just be nice there. But he's a good football player, and he's a good leader. There's something wrong in that organization. And – you got to remember something. This ownership group, the Waltons, they did not hire Nathaniel Hackett. That hire was made. They approved the trade to Russell Wilson, and Russell Wilson ain't going anywhere. He's going to be in Denver for a while. I think Russell Wilson is much better than this. I really do think a lot of it has to do with Nathaniel Hackett, who we are learning not every Sean McVay Matt LaFleur, Kyle Shanahan coach is a good coach. Now, a lot of them are. Kevin O'Connell's got the Vikings at three and one. And, you know, Eagles fans can stop the Vikings all they want. They're three and one. They're not a hand. And Kirk Cousins has fallen off a cliff, too, by the way. He's not the same guy, but they're three and one. They're playing good enough football. So uh, I just don't like the Daniel Hackett. I, I don't like the way he talks in press conferences. I don't like the way he handles games. The guy will go for a 64-yard field goal and waste time for a win, but he won't kick a 23-yarder? I, I yeah. for a tie. Like, what are you doing here? I mean, and the Broncos, they have a Super Bowl-caliber defense, and they still can't find ways to win football games. And to bring up your AFC West point, I've been telling people all along, until you beat the Kansas City Chiefs, you don't get to be in that conversation with them. The only team in my mind in the AFC West that can make the playoffs this year outside the Chiefs is the Chargers because they have a franchise quarterback in Justin Herbert. They have a deep talent pool on their roster. It's been tested, but 
the Chargers are overcoming a lot of injuries right now. And I know they barely beat the Texans. They still got some things to work out. But I, I do think the Chargers are legit. But Denver and Vegas, I don't like their head coaches. And that's the issue. Yeah, speaking of head coaches that we don't like, same thing with Cliff Kingsbury. Arizona Cardinals so far look like a disappointment in the NFC West. And I'm not a Cliff Kingsbury guy at all. Um, you know, he just strikes me as someone that kind of just does enough just to get by. He doesn't really do anything spectacular to me. I, I'm not seeing the X factor with him. You know, there are coaches that you see, you see the X factor. You know, you're not seeing the X factor with Hackett. You're not seeing the X factor with McDaniel. You know, you kind of you like some coaches give you an edge in some way. Could it be their, you know, it could be their mentality, their personality, the, the way they approach the game, their scheme, whatever. Some coaches give you a little bit of an X factor. Belichick has an X factor. You know, um, even Pete Carroll has an X factor. Um, I think I think Nick Sirianni has an X factor. And this is going to be really interesting to see Nick Sirianni and Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury go head to head because I've always said Cliff Kingsbury looks like Nick Sirianni's evil twin. And, you know, I'm going to be really excited to see this game. You know, there's some guys that may not be able to play. Um, Jordan Milata, highly questionable. Uh, Jake Elliott is questionable, but I think he's going to be out. Avante Maddox is questionable right now, but I think he's going to be out as well. Boston Scott. And then the Arizona Cardinals, they're dealing with some injuries as well. Marquise Brown, A.J. Green, Rondell Moore, uh, J.J. Watt, stuff like that, guys that are questionable. You know, what's your, you know, what's your thoughts right now on this Arizona Cardinals-Eagles matchup that's coming up on Sunday? Because I think, I think this game is going to start to add to that resume of Jalen Hurts if he's able to pull it off. Well, the first thing, um, this is a big game between Jalen Hurts and Kyler Murray because of the Oklahoma connection. Um, to add on to your thoughts of Kingsbury, here's what's tough about him. Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray, when they arrived in Arizona, and Johnny Venerable, who I add on as a guest for a, a Saturday edition of Good Morning NFC East yesterday, me and him see eye to eye on this franchise. They were an absolute mess when Kingsbury and Murray got there. They had the worst offense in the NFL. They had one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Josh Rosen was the quarterback. And everybody's laughing at the Cardinals because they got Cliff Kingsbury. They're like, okay, like this guy had a losing record in college. What can he provide? Well, they began better every single year with Cliff and Kyle. A lot of that is Kyle. Like Cliff has his faults. Don't get me wrong. He has bad in-game managing decisions. It doesn't seem like they're prepared for a lot of games. But yet, the Cardinals are improving their win total every single year. And i got to give them the benefit of the doubt here. They're 2-2, two and two and they look absolutely horrible, like a lot of NFL teams. And they could have been dead in the water after week two. I thought if they started 0-2, that team was going to falter. And they still might at the end of the day. But they don't have DeAndre Hopkins. A.J. Green's hurt. Rondell Moore's been hurt. Uh, Antoine Le Wesley's been hurt. Looks like he'll come back this week. Wide receiver. That like I joked, they're throwing some guy named Greg Dorch. Their their running game's actually been better than expected. Their defense has played really well the last eleven quarters, and somehow they're two and two. A lot of that has to do with Murray, but I feel like through all the drama that goes on there, and it's more of its manufacture because a lot of people don't like things. Cliff Kingsbury. They're staying afloat. No one expects Arizona to win this game. They can't win at home, by the way. They lost their, their last seven games at home. I mean, to me, if they if the Cardinals somehow survive all this and go three and three, which right now all they have to do is go one and one, 
I think they're in good shape in the long run because their schedule gets a heck of a lot easier after Philadelphia this weekend. So I think the, I'm looking at the schedule right now, right? The loss of the Chiefs. Beat the Vegas, uh, beat the Vegas Raiders. Lost to the Rams. Beat the Panthers. Two of those wins came up against two farly in, inferior teams, right? And then next they have us, Seattle, New Orleans, Minnesota, Seattle, Los Angeles, San Francisco. They have the Chargers. You know this this schedule. I mean, it may not be as easy as it looks because I, I'm not I, sold on the Seahawks. I'm I'm just not yet. I need to see more. I understand. I completely understand. I mean, it is Geno Smith. He's someone who's hot and cold fairly. So I, t- I-, I totally understand it. But yeah, you know, I, nonetheless. See, here's the thing. I, I'm a little sold on him. It's their defense. It's uh, their offensive line. Like, Geno's actually – he's really outplaying Russell Wilson right now. He's, he's playing well, yeah. He is. You know, he is. And, you know, I'm going to be paying very close attention to the trenches in this game between the Arizona Cardinals and the Eagles because the Eagles have some injuries on there. Isaac Samalu, Jordan Milata, there's a chance they both might not play. And then you have got those guys on the other side, right? Those guys on the other side, like, like J.J. Watt, he's he's questionable. But, again, I'm going to be paying so much close attention because how would Jack just go do a left tackle again, right? And, you know, in the football, I mean, he damn near played the whole game against the Jags. But we ran the ball a lot in that game. You know, if I'm, if, if, if I'm judging it correctly, to protect those guys – Isaac Samalu and well, Sue Opeta and Jack Driscoll. If, 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 I'm, if I'm judging it correctly, I could definitely see the Eagles running a little bit more in this game to try to get those guys going. And then we start to open the passing game up. That's that's my expectation, especially when it comes in the trenches, because uh the Arizona Cardinals, like you said, the defense is the defense is actually playing fairly well. And they got and they got some talent on that side of the ball. They got some guys that play fast, they got Buda Baker, you know. Isaiah Simmons, who is up and down, but for the most part, they got some talent on that side of the ball. So I think it'd be very interesting to see how this thing play, uh, p- plays out, especially with all the injuries that both teams are dealing with. Yeah. So the Cardinals got some offensive line injuries they're dealing with, too. Um, you know, it, Rodney Hudson, I'm assuming he's going to play, but if he doesn't, that's a big loss for them. Rodney Hudson's pretty good center in this league. And this is where the Eagles' defensive line can feast. Now, the Cardinals' secondary is pretty good. Um, my issue with the Cardinals is, and again, John, I got to give Johnny variable credit here because we were talking about this yesterday. What, why don't they play their young guys? Like, the, like them playing their young guys, Isaiah Simmons, Zayvon Collins, first-round picks, is different than the Eagles not playing Jordan Davis or Nicobe Dean as much. Like, and he pointed out, Nicobe Dean ain't playing because the Eagles are good. They don't need Nicobe Dean to play. The Cardinals need Isaiah Simmons to play more. They need Zayvon Collins to play more. And they just don't play young players. And that might be a Vance Joseph thing. And I want to bring this up too, Tony. Jalen Hurts only has a 58.3 passer rating against the Blitz. Yet no one blitzes him. I wonder why. Because the one team that did blitz him, he beat him with his legs. If Vance goes to man coverage and he might have learned his lesson week one against Patrick Mahomes when you go to man coverage and blitz him, it don't turn out too well. Do you possibly see the Cardinals going to zone where Jalen Hurts is the highest passer rating in the league? Or do you see him going to man and say, you know what, Jalen, we're going to test you? I feel like at this point, teams are starting to see that, okay, maybe he is for real. So maybe they want to try to test him and hit him with the blitz. But here's the thing, right? Teams these days, 
they're so nervous to blitz. Teams these days are so scared to get beat over the top. And when you have a guy like Jalen Hurts back there who has the speed, has the breakaway speed, a guy that can shake and bake and get out of that pocket and make and make a play, you don't want your most you don't want your most talented and your most athletic guys turning your back on them, running their man coverage. You know, I would I wouldn't be surprised if they had a guy like Isaiah Simmons, you know, spying them. You know what I mean? Because he has the athleticism to be able to keep up with him. But, you know, it's 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 so tough because of, you know, the, the, the circumstances. Like you said, the Detroit Lions tried it. And they were getting him off his spots, but they were left wide open for so many other things to happen. And he's starting to get better as a passer. So if he so if he's able to break that pocket and guys get open, because there's a lot of talent in that wide receiver room for the Eagles. You can't you can't play AJ Brown and Devontae Smith and Quez Watkins and man coverage both so long. How how long can those corners, can those DBs hold the coverage and man coverage at that? I don't I don't see it happening. So I think they're gonna try their best to contain him, which is what I think the Eagles should try to do with Kyler Murray. Don't get too blitz happy. Don't you, you know uh, edge rushers, don't 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 get too far outfield. Don't break containment. You know what I mean? And again. Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, those guys' skill sets makes it hard for you to blitz them on a regular basis. I understand his passer rating is not that high when he gets blitzed, but you have to account for other things that happen to you in the event of that you um, you allow him to break containment. I think both these teams need to do the same thing with their opposing with their with the opposing quarterback. Keep them yeah, in definitely. the pocket. Like, keep him in the pocket. Yeah, just keep like Kyler Murray's good in the pocket. Jalen Hurts is good in the pocket, but I think your best chance to beat each other is keeping these quarterbacks in the pocket. I I, I mean, that's just my opinion. Because if you let Kyler Murray be Kyler Murray and play the video game style that he can play, you're in for a long day. Because Kyler Murray's just going to wear you out. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm so curious to see what I got far as he has to say about this game because, you know, his perspective is always fascinating. He always gives you uh, he always gives you the passion. He mixes in the analysis. You know what I mean? And I just love the way he breaks down the game, man. Um, so make sure you guys always check out uh, the Farzi show on YouTube, but he does great work and we have him coming up next after the break. But, you know, before, before we get there, you know, I have to ask you a question about Jalen Hurts and Kyler Murray respectively. You know, when they first met, it was essentially a shootout and Jalen Hurts went toe to toe with him. Jalen Hurts put up over 400 yards of total offense and Jalen Hurts did enough to win that game. In my opinion, defense is the one that didn't hold up. Now this defense is significantly better. Jalen Hurts is significantly better. Kyler Murray, in my opinion, is the same guy for the most part. I think I think the equalizer in this game is going to be preparation. Both both players' ability to will their team to the victory. I have more faith in Jalen Hurts in that regard. What's your thoughts on Kyler Murray in terms of his leadership and how this team follows him in comparison to Jalen Hurts and how this team follows him and how they respond? I just I don't think Kyler Murray knows how to be a leader, and it's not that he's not able to. I just think the culture around him is a problem. Um, you know, Arizona. It, it, look, Arizona treats Kyler Murray a lot differently than the NFL does. It, it, it they just do. I, and I've told people I'd rather have Kyler Murray than not have Kyler Murray. Right. Um, to me, I think the whole workout clause thing is a bunch of BS. Like, I think the guy does work. But there's obviously some issues there, right? I, I it's maybe he's just not a Jalen Hurts type worker. But like people handle things different ways. I, I I feel like though, Kyler Murray's the guy you know you can outwork. Like like the, you're, there's always that guy in the room that's more talented than you. But you know if you put in the effort, put in the time, you can match up with him or potentially beat him. 
in whatever you're doing. To me, that's Kyler Murray. And look, I, I think Kyler Murray is a top 10 talent. I think Kyler Murray is a, a good quarterback. I just, I, I, I think it's more than him. I, I think it's the culture around him. And maybe if you get like a veteran coach in there, like not Cliff Kingsbury, but again, if the Cardinals keep win, they're not going to get rid of Cliff Kingsbury. So that's just my thoughts on Kyler Murray. Uh, overall, though, I do think Jalen Hurts is as matched him or passed him right now in terms of quarterback ability. Hey man, I think I might have to agree with you on that. Um, but you guys, we're gonna go into our we're gonna, we're gonna go into our break. We have our guy Mark Farzetta coming up next on Good Morning NFC East. He's Jeff Kerr. I'm your guy, Tone DeShields the second. Keep it locked, you guys, and don't move. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience. We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go back. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Score and save in Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our Winter Watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, Birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown's five-day used car super sale. Jeff puts an end to high prices now. Five days of the best car, truck, and SUV deals ever. Over 1,000 vehicles, every make and model. Stop overpaying. See Jeff today and get a quality car, truck, or SUV now. The five-day used car super sale. Experience how easy it is to deal at Jeff's. Nobody treats you better. Nobody gives you more. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown. GoJeffAuto.com.
Uh, Mark Farzetta wearing the Phillies hat that... Oh, look at him. There he is. Look at him. He's wearing, wearing the Fanatic hat I got in the game. What, what was it? What was that the promotion? Two years ago? I got it for free. Somebody just gave it to me. I don't, I don't remember. Not at the game. I think we gave him out in the radio business somewhere along the lines and somebody gave me one. I think they were trying to tell me something uh, for being the uh, the follically challenged man that I am. Oh, I am too. But, you know, I, I, I'm proud of my roots, Mark. I know you are too. But, uh, hey, you know, I got you working overtime today. Farsi shows from 6 to 7, and I got you on here at 720. How you been, man? I've been fantastic. Great to be on with you. I appreciate you reaching out. And, uh, yeah, I saw you had the, uh, the Phillies gear on, so – I figured I'd represent. The only thing is, they don't. These hats, wildly hot, surprisingly hot. So can only keep it on for a certain amount of time. <laughs> <laughs> there must be a problem with the headphones too. I, I would imagine. Probably that's probably that's probably part of it. Yeah, yeah. it was so, good. To, good to be on, man. Yeah. First question I gotta ask you: Are the Phillies and Cardinals gonna score more runs today than what the Broncos and Colts put up last night? <laughs> oh my God, that was terrible. I is there a more like? Last year, I remember thinking, oh, my God, Nick Sirianni is so overmatched. He's so not prepared for this. Seems like a swell guy, but he is his co- He is coaching right now about as well as his first press conference went. Terrible. Haggett seems to – Nathaniel seems to be the same exact guy in terms of not being ready for an NFL head coaching job. And that offense isn't clicking – Russell Wilson hasn't done anything special while being down there in his uh, you know first couple of weeks as a member of the Broncos. He hasn't looked sharp, and I think he was nervous as hell at being on the goal line last night to try to win that game and threw into a tight window, wasn't able to get the completion that would end up being a win. But, man, that could not have backfired any more on the Denver Broncos than what they have done with their new head coach and their new quarterback. Did you get to hear uh, Wilson's press conference, by the way, what he said at the end? Uh, the only thing I heard him say was the – I saw the clip where he was talking about how he cost his team the win. Yeah, so after that, you know, he feels really remorseful, feels really bad. And at the end, he goes, Broncos country, let's ride. Could you imagine if someone did that in Philadelphia, said that at the end of a press conference? Like, dude, how dense are you at this point? Yeah, that's that's an attempt at, I think, what Joe Burrow did in terms of attempting to sound like Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers already has that Super Bowl ring in his back pocket. As we all know, he's got a couple MVP trophies. He's a little bit more trustworthy for his family. He can get away with that. Joe Burrow has won Super Bowl appearance. They, calm down. You shouldn't even be saying it. Russell Wilson won a Super Bowl a long time ago uh, with a pretty great defense as well. You're the first year. You're the first time in, in, in a new city. You, you can't. You can't say that. I don't care how veteran you are. And to be honest with you, I unless you're Tom Brady, I don't care about your resume. You don't say that. And if that happened here in Philadelphia, hell, even if Aaron Rodgers said that in Philadelphia, the relax or Joe Burrow says that, or, hey, let's ride like last night you just told me about with the Russell Wilson. Philadelphia would be a great conflagration, all right, with pissed off fans saying, oh, you're telling me to relax? Because Philadelphia, I think, is the definition of a city that's like, if you're trying to be too optimistic when we know that there's no reason for optimism, we know that you're BSing us. And we will not stand for that as a fan base or as a city. So, yes, to answer your question, it would be a horrible reaction from the fan base if they were ever told, hey, yeah, so we just lost again, and you're spending, what, $230 million on me? So, uh, yeah, you know what, let's go. Yeah, okay, pump the brakes there, Russ. All right, things are getting crazy over here. Yeah, you know, we almost had a world where Russell Wilson was quarterback for the Eagles and Allen Robinson was catching passes on them, and, man, did the Eagles dodge a bull. I'm a big Russell Wilson guy, Farzee, but mm-hmm. it's – 
I, I don't know. And to me, it seems like the Eagles weren't good enough for him. The Giants weren't good enough for him. The Commanders weren't good enough for him. All these teams weren't good enough for him but the Broncos. And I think that's why a lot of people are getting on him right now because he's kind of getting his just desserts where, oh, these are the teams I want to go to because I'm Russell Wilson and I get to pick this. And no, dude, like you're not the same player anymore. Yeah, it, he's he is definitely not. I, look, he played a long time without missing any games and he played a very – I'll say physical style of quarterback. Like he wasn't afraid to take a hit. He oftentimes was smart and wouldn't take that big hit more often than not, but it's still a long career of playing every single game, every single snap up until last year where Geno Smith had to come in for him for, for the uh, finger injury. That it's, it's almost in a way it's not exactly like by any means, but it's in a way like running backs that exert so much uh, effort, take so many hits throughout their short careers. They have a short prime. Russell Wilson's prime, I think, will be shortened because of the way he has played the position. Mostly it's been safe, but he has been a focal point of that Seattle offense for a lot of years. And now he's going to be the focal point right now, especially with Williams going out. He's going to be a focal point of that uh, Broncos offense as well. So it's, it's a big toll that I think is adding up right now with Russell Wilson. So when you watch the games on Prime, do you watch a post game show at all, like with Whitworth and Sherman and those guys? I don't. I uh, I. Oh, I, you missed I, the ball. Uh, you missed I'm the a ball fan of Chris, Chris Thompson. I'm a fan of. I like Ryan Fitzpatrick and his career. It's just insane. I like Richard Sherman, his career, the whole thing. But like that show for me just doesn't do it, man. I just I can't pull it off. Well, Sherman went off last night, obviously because. You know, the four for one play, they all run the ball, and he's just like, for the love of God, run the dang ball. And like, you can tell he was getting these flashbacks of back in his days with Seattle. And, I, you know, I, I like Richard Sherman. I, I think he's a good guy. But, man, I would hate to be his teammate. He just reminds <laughs> me of a guy. He, he reminds you of every little thing you do wrong, but he does nothing wrong. He is. He reminds me of the person at the office that um, is hypercritical on everything. Like, yeah. like, like, pick your battles, man. Pick your battles. Uh, and sometimes you don't have to fight over the fact that the copier isn't working. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's something that doesn't need to be said anymore. Everyone said it. There's a list of people that want it to be fixed, like fix the copier. Like, but he's the guy that every single time will tell you to stop microwaving your tomato soup because he can smell it in his cubicle. You know, something like that. Like, he is just that guy at the office. So I agree with you on your analysis of Richard Sherman as a broadcaster. Yeah, and... Look, I, I like the guy. Like, I, I think he was a great player. Uh, he probably will go to the Hall of Fame because of the difference-making ability he had. But, man, does he have something now for Russ. I, I, he really does. I'm like, is it Russell Wilson's fault he threw the pick, or is it the coach's fault he called the play? I don't blame them for throwing. Because what were they, on the four-yard line at that point? The uh, I thought they were on the one. I, if they were on the one, that was a hell of a drop back. But I, I'll have to go back and look at it. But, uh, it, yes, nine times out of ten, if they are on the run, just keep running it up the middle. It's along the same lines as what Jason Kelsey was saying about just run a quarterback sneak. Just run a quarterback sneak. Just need to punch it in from that point on. They tried running it. They got stuffed once or twice. They tried throwing it, and it just didn't It didn't happen for them, unfortunately. I just think that they're very – they remind me of like a – even though it's a quarterback and it's a coach, they remind me of a piecemeal team put together. Like, hey, maybe this will work. Put that there. Hey, maybe this will work. Put that there. And it's just not working. In no way, shape, or form is it working right now for the Denver Broncos. Yeah. And you know what's worse? We get them in primetime again in 11 days. <laughs> like, what uh, are we doing here? Let's bask in it. Let's bask in it. Yeah. I, I, I'll tell you what. Uh, between Thursday Night Football and what's coming Sunday with the Eagles game, 
I, I, I think this is going to be a, a sneaky good game to me, uh, Eagles and Cardinals. I, I think the whole – I think the Cardinals are – personally, I thought they were going to be dead in the water after two weeks of the year. Yeah, They were getting blown out by the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray just leaves them on this incredible comeback. Hunter Renfro just fumbles the football. And, you know, it, it, the Cardinals didn't leave that game to the end. They've only led for 13 offensive snaps this entire season, but yet they're 2-2 two and two and they're staying afloat without their game changer and DeAndre Hopkins. What do you make of this Carson? Yeah, uh, I am really interested uh, by the Cardinals season so far. And it's for a couple of reasons, because everything for me relates back to the Eagles. Like, for instance, last year, the Cardinals started out 7-0. and All right, we think 4-0 and is great. They were 7-0 and last year. And then they went 4-6 and the rest of the way. So things can fall off, you know, things can, you know, the wheels can fall off the wagon rather quick. Uh, so I think I take a lesson from the Cardinals last year. But then this year, it's like they're obviously trying to recapture that same magic that they had at the start of last year. And they just haven't been able to do that. When you look at the teams that they beat, you mentioned the Raiders. They also come back. And uh, who else did they beat? Uh, they beat the um... Panthers. Thank you. And I'm, I'm watching those games, and I'm thinking to myself, the magic is there against these poor teams. And it's not like the Eagles have beaten a team that's a Super Bowl favorite by any means, but they can only rally against these teams that just don't know how to put the wins together. Against the Rams, they, they really couldn't do it. Uh, and when I watched that game, I was watching Kyler Murray just look like he was out of sync throughout that game. And the only guys that I really see him on the same page with. One is Zach Ertz in the red zone, who we all know all too well here in Philadelphia. And the other is Marquise Brown, who has a lot of experience, especially with his years there in Baltimore playing with Lamar Jackson, has a lot of experience about playing with a quarterback that can extend plays and bomb bomb the ball downfield. So it's like he really hasn't had much of a change in terms of what he needs to do as a wide receiver. So those two guys are huge targets, obviously, for Kyler Murray. On the defensive side of things, I look at a guy like J.J. Watt, and yes, 33 years old, but Jalen Hurts has had a little bit of a problem with batted balls at the line of scrimmage. And J.J. Watt still does the same thing at 33 years old that he did at 23 years old, which is the minute the quarterback starts reeling back to make that throw, he almost forgets about his one-on-one battle and just puts his hands up in the air. He does the same thing now that he did at 23. So that's something that Jalen Hurts is going to have to be a little bit cautious of when he's trying to make those short throws, whether they're out of the backfield to, to Miles Sanders or Kenny Gainwell or their slant routes to A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, he's gonna, or even uh, Dallas Goddard. Those are, that's one thing he's going to have to be, a really specific thing he's going to have to be aware of as he's executing plays for Nick Sirianni on Sunday. I was one of the biggest Chandler Jones fans on the planet. I still am, but he is up there now. He's 33, 34. I, I'm trying to remember how old he is, but the Cardinals let him go, and just talking to a lot of people out there, that was a very controversial move. Like, how do you let Chandler Jones go? Who's going to rush the passer? And right. – they got. They decided. You know what? We're gonna get rid of him. We're gonna get rid of Jordan Phillips. That contract didn't work out, and they decided to put Zach Allen in there. Zach Allen has been a really good passer. He's been a really good run stopper. Chandler Jones don't have a sack yet. So mm-hmm. it seems like the Cardinals. Everybody wants to criticize the Kyler Murray contract. Fine, but it, it, I feel like they're making a lot of smart moves in terms of. Okay, we know we're paying this guy. We gotta draft well. We gotta be more logical for our signs and it seems to be paying off for mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I feel like the Cardinals and I think Kyler Murray is a great talent. I feel like the Cardinals have been almost forced into situations with Kyler Murray and it's, it might be a good forcing. I, I don't think he's been phenomenal by any means, but he's been good. He's been very good. He's been a top 10 quarterback. Okay. Uh, when you look at Kyler Murray, when he got drafted, you remember Cliff Kingsbury coming out there, Kingsbury coming out there and saying, Oh, if I had Kyler, if I had the first pick in the draft, I'd take, 
Kyler Murray. And then he became an NFL head coach with the number one overall pick. And he was like, well, I guess I got to, I got to take Kyler Murray. Now he took Kyler Murray. And then once you take a number one overall pick, a quarterback at the number overall, you got to sign him to a huge contract extension. So they were kind of in that, but the idea of him getting that workout clause that I know you mentioned earlier, that's never a good sign that you got to like add an incentive to doing your job. Essentially. That seems very odd to me. And when I hear him, you talked about Russell Wilson in his post-game press conferences, I know this phrase gets said all the time, but you can't throw your receivers under the bus. When you talk about drop passes, like have been plaguing the receivers for the uh, Cardinals this season, you can't talk about how that's a drive killing play. That's a drive killing happen happening uh, for your wide receivers. You gotta take the own. You gotta you gotta take responsibility for it. Even if everybody in the building knows that it's the wide receiver who dropped the ball, the head coach can't say that. The quarterback shouldn't say it. That's not a solid leadership skill. Bottom line is, it's not just about playing for your talent. It's it's following you. I have a friend of mine long-term military guy, very successful in the business world as well. And he would always tell me when I was coming up in the business world, he would tell me about how if you had a boss, would you follow them if they didn't have the authority? Like if they weren't given the authority to be your boss, would you still follow them? And it was like, wow, there's maybe one boss I've had <laughs> that I would do that for. And Kyler Murray isn't that boss. He's not that field general that you're following night in and night out, afternoon after afternoon to try to rally behind. He's the guy that's like, well, why should I be making plays for this guy? If if, it, if the ball comes to me, yes, I got to make the play. But if I'm going to throw that, if I'm going to throw my body in front of somebody else for this guy, yeah, maybe not. Because maybe this ain't the guy to do it. So I think yeah. leadership comes into it a lot with Kyler Murray. Yeah, and with the Cardinals wide receivers, I mean, they're finally starting to get healthy. Uh, Antoine mm -hmm. Wesley's coming back. A.J. Green's still banged up. Marquise yeah. Brown's banged up, but he's been playing. Uh, mm -hmm. They're going to get DeAndre Hopkins back at some point. But you're right, McConnell. He's been throwing a lot of these guys under the bus. It's almost like the McNabb, we showed our youth comment. And I, I, I feel bad wow. for Kyler Murray. I, I, I really do. But, you know, you, you're throwing to some guy named Greg Dorch. But right. you can't let people know you're throwing to some guy named Greg Dorch. Like, that, <laughs> allow us to criticize Greg Dorch. You don't have to do it because ultimately you're going to have to rely on him to win football games for you. And, I, I, Kyler, to me, it's weird because I don't think he's a me guy. I just think he wants people to be on the same page with him, but he doesn't know how to do that. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Wow, that we showed our youth. That's one I haven't thought about in a while. Of all the McNabb and Andy Reid quotes that came out in that era, that's what I haven't thought about in a while. But no, that's a great comparison between what Kyler Murray had to say about his receiving core and yeah, the showing your youth comment by Donovan all those years ago. Holy pots and pans, that brings me back. <laughs> I think that was what was it? that was the second the last game he played as the Eagle, right? That was the Cowboys. It was game? it was towards the end. I yeah, I definitely remember towards because it was right it was right before the very brief Kevin Cobb era uh, started. So I remember that, and I remember the following year, Deshaun Jackson when he was addressing the media after Donovan was uh, was traded to to Washington. Deshaun Jackson made it a point to talk about how this team was going to be led by the young guns. And I was like, is that a shot? Is he taking a shot back at the guy that took a shot at him? I think he is. Uh, so, yeah, the, the young guns taking over made me think of the, uh, the the McNabb quote as well. Here's an interesting Eagles-Cardinals um, tidbit. You know the Eagles and Cardinals have each had different quarterbacks in their last, like, five meetings? Yeah, I guess they would. Yeah, because yeah, Nick Foles was out there. I remember they lost a game that Nick Foles had the ball in his hands for the final drive and tried to punch it in there. They didn't do it. 
Uh, Jalen Hurts obviously started out there in Arizona two years ago during his uh, real rookie season. He wasn't he was the starter for the last four games. I think this, uh, that was his second or third start taking over for Carson Wentz. And he had a phenomenal game. But yeah, wow. That is a yeah, it's a trip down memory lane a little bit. Yeah, remember the whole Mike McMahon experience? <laughs> Never oh played the Bortles Lane 05 and Oh what? my God, you're going back to Mike McMahon. Oh my goodness. Yes. Wow. That what a time. What a time. I was at that Seattle game, that Monday night game, the Reggie White game. Mike McMahon I was, was playing quarterback. <laughs> Coy Detmer came in and played in that oh, game too. Man. Oh, what a time. The only thing pretty about that game was the snow. The, the, the halftime ceremony was nice too for Reggie, but man, everything else was terrible. Oh man, I everything else was terrible. Fans folded that game after halftime. Yeah. Uh, okay, we paid our tributes to Reggie. We paid our respects. We can go home now. Yes, it was terrible. 40, 49, 46 to six or 40, something. Forty-two, nothing. They didn't even nothing. Score. Nothing. They didn't even score. Jeez. Yeah. Oh my god. That 05 team, it's had so much potential. It, it really did. And once we, I mean, that play hurt the whole year after that sports hernia. Yeah. yeah, and then when he threw that pick to Roy Williams, I'm just like, hey, this sucks. <laughs> I'm like, this completely. To To is off off the face of the earth. Andy Reid kicked them off. It's. Yep. I, I mean, I think that's why Andy Reid is honestly such a great coach. All the BS he had to deal with from that season, I think that really made him like, you know what? I don't mean any distraction you put in front of me is nothing compared to what I had to do. <laughs> yeah. That was the high bar of distraction. I can get through this. That was his boot camp of distraction. I can get through this. I can get through anything. Sure. Which is awesome because he loves T.O. He's a huge T.O. guy and T.O. Mm -hmm. loves him. So it, it's, it's honestly really weird how that just didn't work out. I mean, I go back to that and I remember being on T.O.'s front lawn during that whole uh, training camp debacle and I just remember thinking they need to fix this because I've never seen an Eagles season like that. I was 20, 22, I think, when the Eagles went to the Super Bowl. That's 22. And I remember thinking, I've never seen an offense like this. This is incredible. We had been screaming for the Eagles to get a number one wide receiver for all those years. T.O. gets here. They got it. They go to the Super Bowl, even though he didn't play the last three games of the season because of the, the, and with the broken leg. And then he comes back. He plays great in the Super Bowl. Fix this. Whatever you got to do, fix this. Joe Banner, give this give this man a blank check. Fix this. But it, it, it's crazy. I think if they would have paid T.O., it would have been even more of a problem in Philadelphia because I don't think Donovan would have been happy about T.O. not only getting the love and admiration of Eagles fans as being like a savior to the franchise for being the guy to put them over the top, but also being a guy that was going to get top money at that position in that time as well. So that might have started a whole other – like, I just think that no matter what, that was going to fail. It sucks to say it because you want to think about it in with, you know, Disney glasses on saying, oh, happy ending. No, it wasn't – no matter what, it wasn't going to happen, whether that was T.O. getting the money, Donovan would have been pissed about it maybe, or T.O. not getting the money and then being pissed at Donovan for not coming to his aid like he did for Brian Westbrook at that time. Whatever was going to – and then T.O. goes to, what, three, or, three other teams, goes to the Cowboys, goes to the Bengals, uh, tries out at one point, I think, for the Seahawks. Uh, it, it, it didn't work any, anywhere for T.O. So it was bound to fail because wherever T.O. went, problems followed. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I used to get on Skip Bayless for a lot of things, but when he called T.O. team obliterator, he wasn't exactly wrong. So, and, and again, but how can I say A.J. Brown, to me, it's like a T.O. type signing, but it feels so much different. Like, 
You knew what T.O. brought to his heel. You knew he was going to get his touchdowns. You knew he was going to create drama. Good drama because his team would win games. But A.J. Brown just seems like the exact opposite of him. And he gets along with his quarterback. And it just feels like this is a marriage that's going to be in Philadelphia for a very long time. Yeah, the, the pre-existing relationship between him and Jalen Hurts, I think, really helps. I mean, these aren't two guys that met at the Pro Bowl, essentially, and, you know, really hit it off on a great first date. And then they started dating for a couple of months, and they're like, why do they? Why does their jaw click when they eat, when they chew? What the hell's that? Like, that's kind of what happened with Donovan. Like, the, the honeymoon period was over rather quickly uh, with Donovan and T.O. But this is a relationship that has been long-withstanding. You saw the guys were flat-out giddy when A.J. Brown was traded for with Howie Roseman uh, bringing him to Philadelphia. But A.J. Brown is, yes, very talented. I do not put it, and I've heard this uh, comparison before, I don't put it on the same level as T.O. T.O. Is a, was a Hall of Famer by my standards, a first ballot Hall, third most touchdowns in the NFL, uh, receiving touchdowns in the NFL at the time that he retired, uh, still at that case right now. I remember asking him, I think he was three three receptions? Three touchdown receptions behind uh, Randy Moss. And I remember asking him maybe years after he played his last game, hey, you're only three behind Randy Moss. And he's like, damn, three. I'll get that in a game. And I was like, oh, God, that's amazing. Like, please, somebody sign him as a tight end. Uh, but with A.J. Brown, I don't see him as the home run hitter. Terrell Owens was a grand slam hitter. A.J. Brown is a guy that will get you 10, 11 receptions a game. He'll get you, uh, you know, 130 yards. But those aren't going to be huge chunks. Yes, he'll get the occasional 50-yard reception, but it's not going to be the huge chunks that you saw with T.O. And the ability to break a tackle that T.O. had is still, I think, unmatched by any Eagles wide receiver I've seen in their history, that I've seen in their prime. Like I didn't get to enjoy a six foot seven, six foot eight Harold Carmichael in his prime, but I know what he brought to the table. But when I watch a guy like T.O., I just saw I just saw a guy that anytime he got the ball in his hands. It was go he was going to the end zone. That's one thing he inherited from Jerry Rice. It was that he's not about first downs. He's about running to the end zone every single play. A.J. Brown is more of, I think, a controlled possession type of receiver that is still phenomenally talented, but I still have them in very different categories. Yeah, and we haven't seen the big plays yet from A.J. Brown. Like, A.J. Brown has the most 50-yard touchdowns in the NFL. We, we haven't seen that yet. I think we're going to. It might be Sunday. I don't know because the Cardinals do have a good secondary, but I feel like sooner or later we're going to see this like big five-catch, 160-yard, two-touchdown game from A.J. Brown. I just feel like it's coming. Right, like like the, like the home run hitting type of game, like the game against the Lions. He had a – was that a 50-yard reception that he had? Where yeah, yeah, he half of, Yeah, he had the – Jalen Hurts back foot, bombed it down the field. It was great. Um but yeah, that was like an eleven catch, hundred fifty yard game. But you're talking about the home run games. Yeah, I think I think we're going to see a couple of those this season, and I hope we do. Yeah. So I got to ask you about the Cowboys. I I've been getting a lot of flack for this. I think they're actually legit. I don't think Dak Prescott should come back yet because right now he can't grip the football. Right. But when looking at okay, which teams could beat the Eagles? Which teams are the biggest contenders for the Eagles? One of them just happens to be in their same division because of defense, because of what they're able to bring to the table. They're getting better at wide receiver. Uh, what is your, what are your overall thoughts on the Cowboys right now? I I don't know what to make of the Cowboys right now, simply because they're not playing with the quarterback that they're going to be playing the majority of the season with. And and I I don't think, uh, and I know that uh, on Tuesday, Jerry Jones did his a radio appearance and said that Dak can't 
grip the, the, the football right now. They had him out there with the softball trying to grip it, and he's just trying to get that hand strength back. But he doesn't look like he's going to be playing against the Rams. So I still think they're going to play the vast majority of the season with Dak Prescott as their quarterback, their franchise quarterback. Cooper Rush has done a great job filling in as the backup quarterback. I mean, he's got what, a 95 passer rating, I believe it is right now. They're 3-0 and with him as the starting quarterback. And the Cowboys defense is in the top five in terms of fewest points allowed. So guys like Micah Parsons are getting it done again for this team. Micah Parsons himself has got four, uh, four sacks uh, this season already. I believe he's fifth in the NFL in sacks this year. So they're still getting it done at the clip that they were able to do it at last year. They're able to get to the quarterback with quarterback hits. The penalties aren't as crazy and off the charts as they have, as they have been. I look at the Cowboys right now as an anomaly. Like, I think, yes, they're overachieving, but they're overachieving because they have a backup quarterback in there right now. I look at a team like the Giants that are also 3-0. They're, I think they they are overachieving, but they have the starting quarterback that they have in Daniel Jones. I think that's that's kind of kind of start to level out for the Giants. They're playing a better brand of football with their new head coach and Brian Dable. But I look at the Cowboys, and I just think they're a tough nut to crack. Their defense is going to continue to play as well as their their defense, even with Dak being back. I think one thing is true when Dak comes back. The defense of the, of the Dallas Cowboys is going to remain steady. They're going to be one of the top teams in terms of fewest points allowed. They're going to be one of the top teams in terms of getting after the quarterback. They're going to be one of the top teams enforcing turnovers with digs by the time the season's over. So as this season progresses, I think the Cowboys are going to show that their defense is more of their identity than their quarterback. Even when Dak comes back, I think it's going to be a tough thing for him to top what that defense is going to be able to do. When the Eagles play the Cowboys, the number one thing I'm going to be worried about is how Jalen Hurts attacks that defense. It's how Miles Sanders and this offensive line attack that defense. It's not going to be about what this secondary does against Dak Prescott. It's not going to be what this defensive line does against Dak Prescott. It's going to be whether or not the Eagles can win that 17-10 to 10 game against the Cowboys. That, to me, is going to be more so true to form for the matchups going forward with the Eagles and the Cowboys. So when the Farsi show starts Monday, this is my final question for you. Will you be talking about Eagles 5-0 and and the Phillies being the Cardinals? or uh, it, Go near crystal ball here, Farsi. What do you go, got? Uh, well, football is king in this city. Uh, I have been, because of Philadelphia's love, and I grew up here, obviously, but when I, because of Philadelphia's love for football, that always trumps everything else, regardless of its uh, postseason baseball or not. So the Eagles will be the lead story. I, as I structure the Farsi show, I have about a 15 to 20 minute opening segment where I break it all down. I'll be talking about both things. But uh, I think the thing I'll be most excited about for me, it's always postseason, postseason anything. So it'll be baseball for me, and it'll obviously be the Eagles improving to 5-0 and when they win this football game by a score of 34-17. Uh, to 17. Boom! All right. I, I like it. 17-point win. I do think it's going to be a close game, but you're mm. right. I, I can see the Eagles pull away at the end. I, mm -hmm. I, I could see that. Like there, It's a 7-10-point yeah. game, and then you're right. It's I actually got the Eagles. I, I think I can – what did I have? What did I write for CBS? Oh, 31-17. So I'm not that far off from you. <laughs> Don't you love that when you forget your prediction? It happens to me all the time. Yeah, I, I literally have to write it down. All the time. Yeah, we're going to go over the one thing you wrote for every NFL team. I'm like, oh, wait, I forget what I wrote about every NFL team. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's tough, man. It's it's tough. But no, I got the Eagles winning this one. I got the Eagles winning this one. Handle. I think that the Cardinals, they give, the, they give a nice little scare similar to what the Jaguars did, maybe not a 14-point lead, but maybe the Cardinals score first, and it's like, okay, all right, guys, let's go. Buckle up. Let's uh, let's not make this such a bumpy ride. Um, but uh, I just think Jalen Hurts is playing like an MVP right now, 
And I think in every facet, with the exception of maybe kicker, because Jake Elliott's not going to be playing in this game, so we're going to see Cameron Dicker, the kicker, in this game. Um, I, I think that Jalen Hurts just had this. Here's what impresses the hell out of me about a team being 4-0 like this. The Philadelphia Eagles are 4-0 undefeated, and they are the hungriest undefeated team I think I've ever seen in anything. Like, maybe the one exception. What's that? They're not satisfied at all. They're not. They have stayed true to form, and I've made this point many times with Seth Joyner and Derek Gunn on the pregame show. I've made this point many times. They have maintained through the first four weeks exactly what Jason Kelsey talked about before the season started. Nobody get comfortable. If we get comfortable, we're not going to be breaking down that film after a win the same way we do after a loss. We're going to start feeling ourselves. We're going to start smelling ourselves. We're going to start reading those press clippings about how great we are. Jalen Hurts being pissed off about not being asked about the Cardinals was beautiful. I thought that was amazing, and that's no slight at the media. I don't think that the Cardinals are watching the press conference going, you mean to tell me Les Bowen didn't ask about the Cardinals? That Jeff Kerr didn't ask about the Cardinals? You mean to tell me that Jeff McClain wasn't in the press conference to talk about that? No, and they don't give a damn. The fact that Jalen Hurts went out of his way to say, hold on, this isn't going to be par for the course where we overlook an opponent. You guys don't ask me about this. We're playing a good football team. Let me get it on record. Stenographer. Stenographer, get this down. The Cardinals are a hell of a football team. We can't overlook anybody. That shows me that this locker room is not allowing them uh, themselves. The leaders on this team, the coaches on this team, aren't allowing themselves to go, we're 4-0, baby. Look at us, how great we are. You're playing a team in the Cardinals that was 7-0 and finished the season rather lackluster last year. So the Eagles haven't done anything yet. They realize that. I love that they realize that. And because they realize that, they're going to get off to a 5-0 start this season when they went 34-17 over the Cardinals. The Cardinals are going to take three losses this weekend. Two are going to be in St. Louis. Another one's going to be in Arizona. Bang! I love it. He's already got a show prediction for, prediction for Monday. Mark, appreciate you coming on. I got to get you all more football Fridays. I just love the freelance talk. Anytime you're welcome to come on, man. I, hey, man, it's a pleasure. It's good to be on the show. I appreciate it. Jeff, good to talk to you, man. I'll have you on the Farsi show sometime as well. And make sure, everybody, we got a 425 kickoff. So that means the pregame show on the Jacob Media YouTube channel here with uh, Derek Gunn, Seth Joyner, and, and myself. And, and uh, Devin Caney will be on the pregame yeah, show this week as well. Yeah, Devin will be on as well with the later game. So uh, it'll be all four of us on the panel talking all things Eagles and beating the Cardinals and be, be up to a fun start. Should be getting underway. I believe that'll be a bit better. 1.30 start time, 2 o'clock? I don't know. Ask Krause. We'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, Krause will know. I, I was going to actually promote your time, and I, I don't know what time you guys come on, but you got to listen to the pregame show. If you're not watching football or you're not watching the Phillies, well, the Phillies won't be on the late third. Yeah. I'm going to say 2.30. I'm going to say we're going to do the show at 2.30. That's my prediction. Yeah. From Ocean Casino, of course. Ocean Casino. Hey, come for the live shows. Come for the win. <laughs> I love it. Once again, Mark, I appreciate it. Thanks for Thanks. coming on. Thanks. Oh, by the way, in your chat real quick, just uh, somebody compared A.J. Brown, I think, to Anquan Bolden. And I thought, Davy Boy. Good hustle, Davy Boy. I'm on with you with that. Heinz Ward is another one. That's a, that's a good one. Those are two good ones right there. Chat, thank you very much. Uh, Jeff, always a pleasure, man. Thanks so much. Yep, sounds great. Thanks, Farzy. And we got to put a bow on the show right now. Uh, you know, great great conversation with Mark Farzetta here. Um, I just want to wrap this up. Yeah, I do have the Eagles winning. Uh, 31-17, I think it's going to be a fun game. I think it's going to be an entertaining game. No doubt about it. Um, to me, it, it it's just with Kyler Murray, I, I, I just feel like, you know, we were talking about this earlier. To me, Kyler Murray is that guy that I just don't think he knows how to be a leader. But I think he's a really good quarterback. 
Do I think he's a top 10 quarterback? I don't think he's there yet, but he makes a lot of plays. If he's your fantasy quarterback, you obviously love Kyler Murray. But really in this game, the Eagles got to get off to a fast start because the Cardinals average four points per game in the first half. They're the worst first half team in football. They go, they have the most three and outs in football in the first half. It's just not a pretty look, but somehow they're able to get it done. So I got the Eagles winning, and of course, I'm hoping the Phillies win today. Hope you guys enjoy the Phillies game. Hope you guys enjoy the NC East games. We'll break it all down. Commanders, Titans, Giants, Packers. By the way, the only game with two teams with a winning record this week. I know, crazy, right? And Eagles, Cardinals, and we'll start. We'll recap everything on Monday. Uh, Mike Gill will be on. Check out Birds 365 with John McMullen, Joey McDonald. Coming up next, I'm Jeff Kerr from Good Morning NFC East. Have an awesome day, guys. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Faces you know, the team you trust. The Delaware Valley's leading news program, Action News. Go for the beers, go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene, go for the screens. Go for the gallery, go for the win. Go to Ocean, 